0: In Jesus of Nazareth's name we pray, amen, amen. I, it's been a pretty magnificent day here at Rehope, um was able to start the day at the south side and uh, being a part of um, our, our largest uh, gathering so far down there uh, at the south side this morning just the, the worship and the, and the celebrating and the, the feasting down there and then to be here this morning and to be a part of this celebrating and feasting this morning. And then, um, m- many of you know, we, we have the upper room as part of, uh, connected to what we do, and they usually meet here on Thursday night nights Well, I'm getting pictures, which is why I'm on my phone instead of preaching, <laughs> and, and videos. They have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, I see 24 people holding baptism certificates and that they've, they've done just heaps of baptisms in the last two hours uh, at the Southside uh, building and just uh, amazed. And they're gonna be now celebrating together uh, down there. Just amazed at what God is doing uh, on this day. And yet, and here we are tonight, we're gathered together to celebrate and yet I tell you what, nothing in all of this comes anywhere close to the magnificence of why we're celebrating tonight The resurrection and triumph of Jesus of Nazareth from the dead And we're, we're excited to see life change But we're here to celebrate just the joy that lives can be changed Because of what Jesus accomplished That, that all those years ago, Jesus was, was killed, uh, uh, crucified, entombed And yet before the sunrise on the third day, the sun rose and uh, was brought back to life. And, and, and the act of the, the resurrection of the dead, it, it proves, it proves that God loves you. It proves that, that uh, we can trust God and his word, that we can trust what his word said. It was true for Jesus. It, it will be true for you and that you can be forgiven of anything, that you can be forgiven of everything and that there really is hope For you and for your future to be to be forgiven, to be adopted into God's family—it's it's 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 an incredible celebration. This this whole this whole weekend and and here tonight, an incredible moment. I'm going to read now this the story. One of the versions, um, Matthew's uh, Matthew's account of the resurrection, and you can read others in the other Gospels, but all describing the same moment from different points of view. In Matthew chapter eight. The joy of resurrection morning here, starting in verse 1. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his robe was white as snow. The guards were so shaken from fear of him that they became like dead men. But the angel told the women, don't be afraid because I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been resurrected just as he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. In fact, he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there. Listen, I've told you. So, departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, Good morning. That is the most understated good morning in the history of of the planet good morning yes yes good morning and they came up took hold of his feet and worshiped him then jesus told them do not be afraid go and tell my brothers to leave for galilee and they will see me there Resurrection Sunday. I, I love I love this time of celebration. Now, there's lots of things that we could talk about when it's when we when we're talking about this moment. Um, I, I have in the past and I will in the future at uh, different times through the years. We've talked about um, the historicity, uh, historicity. That is a real word. The historical accuracy uh, of the events of the resurrection, and and we've talked about how through the through the lens of the the scientific grids that they evaluate the truthfulness, the validity. Of, of, of historical events, we've talked about how the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth from the dead rates as one of the highest, one of the most certain events in all the history of the world because of the different kinds of um, ways, uh, things that we see. Um, when you're evaluating whether something in history is true and you didn't see it with your own eyes, uh, the things that they kind of look at would be things like does the archaeology line up with this? Um, is, Is there a logical, can you see the logical impact of the event? this said this happened okay can you see its impact Um, all other things such as multiple eyewitnesses writing about it or multiple um, authors writing about the same event what's really great is when you have the good guys and the bad guys that's probably not that's relative right Um, the winners and the losers that's not relative Uh, the, the winners and the losers both writing about the same events and if those two groups agree then you're like wow Okay, that, that really did happen. And again, when, when you're looking at, at Jesus and you, when you're looking at just the whole historical facts and the realities behind this, this claim, it ranks up there as one of the most certain um, events in the history of, of the world, this claim that Jesus was dead, that he was actually, actually dead, that he was entombed, and that, and that again, three days later, he was, he was not dead. Now, even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't believe in miracles, with intellectual integrity i urge you to go back and just just google historical evidences for the resurrection and instead of starting with your your grids in place well it it can't be true or it can't be this or can't be that just look at the facts and you'll see, this is an incredibly, uh, one of the most strongly supported historical claims in the history of the world. Well, we're not going to talk about that today. That's just, that's just for fun. You can explore that on your own. Uh, for, for Resurrection Sunday, um, you like how much I say when I'm not talking about it? It's just, just one of those things. Uh, for this message, I, we're going to have a bonus message. Uh, we're, we're in this series entitled Make a Difference, Learning to Follow God Well, and we've been looking at three people, and I say it every week, uh, and so I won't even, I won't even giveaway names. If you don't know who we're talking about, um, find out next week when we continue our series. But we're we're going through this series and we're looking at some different people to see how it is that they make a difference in their different in their different lives. And we see that it's by learning to follow God, God well. And and we're we've been going through this study and we're seeing that the essential Key that, keys that we need to look at um, as we're, we're trying to grow and learning to follow God well might be things like humility or, or learning how to hear from God and, and, and acting with courage and obedience on, based on what God said, or enduring times of, uh, of suffering or learning how to wait in times of stress or, or, or things like that. Well, here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this. If you want to make a difference for God, if you want to genuinely follow God well throughout, throughout the course of your life, you're gonna need to learn to trust God fully with all of your life. You're gonna need to learn how to trust God fully with all of your life. A very easy statement to make with very major implications for, for every moment of our lives. Now, we're gonna need to learn how to become someone who, who, who follows God by trusting him, trusting his words, all the way to the end with zero plan Bs. Zero plan Bs. Without having that last, that, that line in your life, without having that moment in your life where you're like, I will trust God, but then when I hit this moment where... Um, of maybe a moment of no return, well then, okay, I trusted him long enough and now I'm gonna take matters into my own hands. I'm gonna trust God for this situation in my life until I feel like too much time has passed. Like I gave God his moment. I waited for him enough in my humble opinion. But now I'm gonna gonna take over from here. Um, I asked God what he wanted me to do and I didn't hear anything. So I'm just gonna do whatever I wanna do. Um, it's like I'm going to trust God for a bit, but, but you know the season of pain and strain and stress—it's just going on and on and on. And so you know, I I was patient for that week, that month, that year, those couple years. But now I've kind of—it's—it's just—it's just too much. And you know, taking matters into our own hands—that's not trusting God. That's trusting God for a a highly controlled version, a, a safe version of of. of like, I'm, I'm giving God an opportunity. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about trusting God, which means we're no longer going to hedge our bets, we're no longer going to just just take matters into our own hands. We're not going to resume control. We're going to throw our lives and our expectations and our hopes and our decision makings on, on, on the God who loves us. So here we are on uh, Victory weekend. A victory weekend we're, we're looking at jesus and and we we see that there is no greater example <laughs> in all the bible no greater uh no matter no greater example of of following god well than jesus no greater example of 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 making a difference than than jesus uh he's the perfect example and this weekend just hits right on the head perfection when it comes to following god well all the way to the end um Jesus brutally executed by the Romans on a cross, and he tells us twelve hours—less than twelve hours—before he was crucified. He says less than twelve hours that he could have done something. He could have called a legion of angels. Now I'm saying this out loud, and I—I'm like, is it legions or legions? But legion—I I should have looked it up this afternoon. I knew better, anyways. Enough. He could have called enough angels uh, to, to, to rescue him and get him out of there. Like, Jesus could have done that. He, he, he says, I could take matters in my own hands and I could, I could call angels and we could, we could get out of here. But this is what Paul writes in Philippians chapter two. He writes this, he says, Jesus, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in the heaven, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, allowing himself to be crucified, is the perfect example of trusting God all. The way. Now, the Bible's clear when when it talks about the resurrection. Who raises Jesus from the dead? The Father. God the Father raises Jesus from the dead. Jesus had to give up every bit of control. Even that last bit, if I need to, I could call, if I wanted to, I could call a legion of angels. I'm not going to, but I could. He had to give all of it, all the control up. Before, uh, before his death, he, he could have gotten out of it. But once he, once he died, it was completely up to the father whether this was gonna be true or not, whether, whether he was gonna come back from the dead. He had to fully trust. He had to trust in his time of severe uh, pain, uh, abuse, crucifixion, he's being mocked. He had to do all of. He had to keep giving it up and, and not intervening, surrendering towards God's plans and purposes. And I think that this is at the heart of of the lesson for us tonight. God is looking for people who will trust Him in every decision in every disappointment, who will keep trusting him, who will trust him at at every juncture in their life, at every injustice in their life. People who will just throw their lives uh, into the hands of this God that they'll trust without a parachute. God loves this about Abraham. In fact, one of the spectacular moments of Abraham's life he didn't think it was spectacular in the moment, to be fair, but looking back, wow, that was a great moment, is when he's been asked to, um, to uh, sacrifice his son Isaac. And, and he's, he, he's, he, he knows, Abraham knows, and we, we know he knows because of Hebrews chapter 11 tells us what Abraham was thinking conveniently, so we don't have to make this up. We know that Abraham knows that God has made promises about his son Isaac, God has, this isn't just Isaac, his son. This is, a, this is someone that God has made promises about many descendants coming through, specifically Isaac. And so th- there's this faith, this trust test moment, and, and so Abraham concludes, according to Hebrews chapter 11, that if he kills his son Isaac in this moment in obedience to God, that God can be trusted, even though it seems entirely impossible to, to fulfill his promises, that he will keep his promise, even if that means he has to raise Isaac from the dead to do it. That was his confidence that God would do what he's promised, what, what he said he would do, and, and, and that God that God would, that his word would be trustworthy, that his promises would be trustworthy, and even though there's no example in the history of the world that we know of before Abraham's moment, no example in the Bible of God raising the dead before Abraham, no example in any religion or any Any document ever yet discovered of anybody being raised from the dead, that was Abraham's certainty that God could be trusted, that his word could be trusted. And it's that kind of that kind of intense, intense trust when we look at God's word, that 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 God's looking for us us to have. Now, I really want to see, really want you to see this next bit. Because I, I want to remind you that when Jesus is trusting God to be uh, raised from the dead, he's not just trusting uh, God, he's trusting that the Bible is true. His trust is based on the written word of God. And he was looking at the Bible and realizing that God could be fully trusted to do exactly what the Bible said that he would do. And he could base his life and his death on that, on the Bible and what the Bible had written. Listen to what Jesus says in in Luke 24. In Luke 24, he makes it clear. It's it's not just like something God spoke to his heart. This is written in the Bible. He says, he, he, he also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah, who he knows as himself, would suffer and rise from the dead the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Jesus has thrown his trust upon God because of the written words. In the Bible, the promises in the Bible, and and, and we, we know that uh, Jesus had thoughts about what the Bible said. And, and he he's, he's, he's talked about Jonah. He said like just as Jonah will be in the in the belly or was in the belly of the fish for three days, so too he is going to be in the grave for three days. Uh, he knows that he. I know that Jesus is thinking about Psalm twenty two because he quotes it on the cross, and he and he and he understands the suffering and and how he's going to be um, how he's gonna, His pierced and his bones just disjointed and, and all this sort of stuff. And Jesus knows a lot about these promises of God written in the word of God. In my Bible read through this week, I was in Isaiah and in chapter 50, I took a picture of this uh, in, my, in my Bible and, and, it, and it, talks about, um, it talks about how in verse 50, it says, I gave my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who tore out my beard. I mean, this is Jesus knows this and it's amazing how much he's experiencing this. I did not hide my face from scorn and spitting. The Lord God will help me. Therefore I have not been humiliated. You just see that understanding. I'm being I'm suffering but the Lord God will help me and then uh, and then it continues on therefore I have set my face like flint. I'm determined. And I know that I will not be put to shame. The one who vindicates me is near. And yes, he's experiencing the shame of the world hanging on the cross, and yet not ultimate shame. He's going to experience victory. Skipping down in Isaiah 50, it says, "In truth, the Lord God will help me." It, it, this is that this is that confidence that's going on in, in Jesus' mind that God will will help me. And then down further, this ex, exclam, uh, um, exhortation to. To, um, to people, let him trust the name of Yahweh, or let people trust the name of Yahweh, let them lean on their God, let him lean on his God fully trusting God is about fully believing the Bible, which is one of the most basic statements that, w- that we can make, but we're talking about something very significant we're talking about basing your life and death on its truthfulness We're talking about living differently because of the Bible's truthfulness, trusting what God says about how to live. We're talking about relationships, choosing relationship and entering into relationships and not entering into different relationships based on the Bible's truthfulness. We, we see about navigating difficult moments, how to navigate difficult moments based on the Bible's truthfulness. The facing of death, either your death or the death of people you love and care about. Facing death, looking at and holding on to the truthfulness of the written word of God. Now often we, 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 we hedge our bets and we have doubts, we have doubts, and, and, and then we start to take matters into our own hands, and we start to freak out a little bit. If you want an example about that, come back in the next couple weeks, and we'll look at Saul, and he freaks out, and he doesn't do a good job trusting God all the way to the end. But we, we do this all the time. We, we struggle with doubts. We struggle with doubts. Maybe, maybe we're struggling at work and we're feeling stressed and we're feeling, and we're feeling overwhelmed and, and, and maybe we feel like we're not being treated as we deserve to be treated or paid as we want to be paid or ought to be paid or whatever and, and we, we, get, uh, we get all offended and then we quit. And we quit and without seeking God's direction first. Uh, some people, they're 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 married, uh, they're married, and and they're they're in a tough time in their marriage, and 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 they're not feeling like they're being treated uh, good at all, and and they feel frustrated by this. I, I know that we don't have that in this church, but there's there's people out there who are in marriage tension, and. And, and they, they've they been in marriage tension for a long time and, and instead of trusting God in this situation and seeking God, God, what do you want me to do? God, intervene in my life and intervene in my marriage or I, I prayed that for a year I prayed that for five years. Um, you know, they, they just, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done trusting God now and I'm gonna take matters into my own hands. Uh, this is, this is, not simple, it's complicated, it's everyday stuff. Trusting God impacts every bit of our lives, our responses to, to the challenges that we face. I was in the prayer room this week, and, I was, and, and if you were in the prayer room this week and you had a fantastic time, Praise God. I'm glad that you had a fantastic time. I also had a fantastic time in the prayer room, except for I was being confronted, uh, which is <laughs> super fun. Uh, so God was convicting me in the prayer room this week about how I, was over, I overworked during the season of getting all these buildings ready and how I didn't, I didn't trust him with that day, that day that he asked for. I mean, if you go through the Bible, how often he says, trust me with this day. You give me a day. You give me a day, and I can and I will. I will allow what you get, what what you, was it, what happens on the other days to be more than enough for that one day. I didn't trust him with that day. Instead, I saw that there's a whole bunch to do, and I just worked and worked and worked. It wasn't good. It wasn't healthy, and Jesus wasn't super pleased at my, at my lack of trust. And he wanted to talk to me about that, not legalistically, but just from the heart of like, trust me, trust me. You can trust me, not taking matters into your own own hands. Most people only walk this path of trust, fully trusting God, when they absolutely have to, when when they have no other choice. When when, it's, it's, when it comes down to it, they, they they can't take matters into their own hands, so they're forced to trust God. And it's it's usually anguish to go through, but but it's a good thing that God does for us to teach us that we actually can trust Him longer than we ever wanted to or thought we could. God's looking for for people who are gonna fully trust him and and his word, and his word, who are are gonna be like Jesus, and they're gonna trust him in their seasons of pain and their seasons of waiting and their seasons of fear and and in in their seasons of impatience. People who are gonna just trust that God is absolutely going to, to keep his word. You know, there's people who carries significant doubts when it comes to things such as is heaven real? And and, and they'll they'll think about it, and or they'll, they'll somebody that they love uh, dies, and, and they believe in God, and they're like, yeah, but is is heaven real? Is it really real? Or or facing facing their own mortality, they they might be like, okay, okay, I, I get this whole like grace thing for today, but but eternal life. Like heaven, and they really struggle with, not, not, not us, the, out the, that, that part of South. No, uh, they really struggle with, like, holding on to this idea of heaven. You know what else the, the Bible talks a lot about that people struggle with? I almost said we struggle with, <laughs> they struggle with. Uh, am I really forgiven? I mean, I'm forgiven of some, some things, but am I really forgiven of this? There are people who, who uh, believe in Jesus, who have given their lives to Jesus, but have moments where they're like, I don't feel, I have doubts. I have doubts that I'm forgiven in this moment. And yet it's written. It's written clearly in the pages of the Bible about heaven, about our reward, about the rewards of trusting God not just for today but for eternity. It's written, this thing about grace and forgiveness of everything that's gone on. And, and it, it's written, it's right in front of us and we can read it every day if, 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 if we want to and, and, and we encourage us, ourselves to keep reading the word of God. It's, it's there to be read. It's, it's written down and yet we struggle believing. And we look at Jesus and we're like, Jesus looks at the written word of God and he bases his life and his death on it. And he just goes for it. And I encourage you, if you've been struggling in this life, holding on to things like, am I really forgiven? Is heaven really real? Can I trust God in this difficult moment of my life? I'm telling you, look at the book. And the book says heaven is clearly real. You can base your life and death on this. The the, the Bible says you are forgiven. If you've given your life to Jesus, you can base your life and and death on this. This is Resurrection Sunday. It's Victory Sunday, and, and we get to celebrate that although Jesus was crucified, God the Father, according to the written word of God, according to the Bible, as promised, actually did what the Bible said he was gonna do and raised Jesus, who trusted him from the dead. And as a result of, of Jesus' obedience and trust in the written word of God, He won your He won your salvation. He won your forgiveness. He paid all the price needed. And, and as a result, he opened the doors of heaven to you. And, and it's because of this day we, we celebrate that anyone of any background, with any baggage, of any sexuality, of any sin, of any stumbling, of any, of any, of any uh, experience, can be forgiven and saved and, and joyfully welcomed into, into heaven with God. And you're like, okay, Brian, I hear this. But how can I be sure how can I be certain how can I be certain okay Jesus is our example basing it on the written word of God and what does the written word of God say to you well I'll read it and this is to you Acts chapter 2 Peter declares to to this multitude of of believers and including uh, and unbelievers he says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, that, that includes you. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, how do I do that? How, how, do we re, how do we respond? How do we call on the name of the Lord? Well, they ask, they ask him that just a few verses later. And, and when they'd heard this, they came under deep conviction, it says in Acts 2:37, 38, 39. and and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what must we do? Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise, it's a promise written down, the promise is for you, those who are there, For your children, the children of those who are there, for all who are far off, and as many as the Lord our God will call. And that's that's us. That's our generation. And the next generation. And the next, next generation. As many as the Lord our God will call. That's the promise. Now, it's, it talked there about being baptized. If you feel like, like uh, it's time to be baptized, maybe, maybe, maybe it's past time for you to baptize, be baptized, um, or if you want to see if baptism is right for you, our practice here at this church is when you give your life to Jesus and then you get all of your life perfect and sorted, then we'll baptize you. No, that's not it at all. That's not, that's not our practice at all. Here's the deal. You give your life to Jesus... And your life can be a mess, but it's time to get baptized. It's that first step thing of obedience. I believe, and, I, and I'm going to be baptized. If you, if you, if you want to, um, if, if you have not been baptized since you've believed in God, and you want to talk to an elder or something like that about that, you can email elders at rehope.co.uk, and we're going to do a baptism right here, like literally right here uh, on the uh, on Pentecost Sunday, on Pentecost Sunday, which is 50 days from today. 50 days from today. We're gonna do some baptisms here and some people are already signing up for those. So if you wanna get baptized or see if it's right for you, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's do this. Basically, if you've given your life to Jesus, it's time. All right, so it's Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and the question for some of you is this. Are you ready now to throw your life into the hands of the living God. Are you here? Are you ready to trust God fully with your life? And that means different things to different ones of you. For, for some of you, it's for salvation and forgiveness. And maybe you've been thinking about this for, for, for days, weeks, months, years, and, and you're just at this moment like, am I, am I going to just trust now that the Bi- what the Bible says is true? And am I going to give my life to Jesus? Easter Sunday, what a great Sunday to do that. Now, some of you have already trusted uh, the words of the Bible. You've given your life to Jesus. And and now the question question for you are things like are you going to trust Jesus with your decisions? Are you going to trust Jesus with your pain? Are you going to trust Jesus with this idea of are you forgiven? Are you going to trust Jesus with with things like heaven and just stop doubting and believe? It's like okay, I, it's written, it's there. I'm, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe the written word of God and just throw my life on the truthfulness of heaven for myself and those I love. Today's a day to celebrate, and and I'm 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 kind of distracted because I'm thinking about the food. <laughs> And I'm looking forward to to joining together and and, and celebrating, And, and it's a day to be challenged. It's a day to celebrate. It's a day to be challenged like Jesus did. I love celebrating. I love Jesus. Put those together, and and I, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to this this evening of celebrating this incredible salvation we have, our incredible future with God. I, I hope that you stick around. I hope that you in, in, in just just realize that this is free. Nobody's paid anything for this. We're we're just gonna uh, celebrate together. This is this is on us, on the church. Um, the challenges for today are are this. Um, stick around and celebrate the feast with us. Stay in feast. And if you're interested in getting baptized um, on Pentecost Sunday, you can email the elders at, at rehope.co.uk elders at rehope.co.uk you know how it works, I don't know why I made that more clear, <laughs> it's right there on the screen um, I'm going I'm to invite the worship team to come forward because there are some things I want to pray for us about specifically in the area of trusting God um, and so, as the worshiping comes forward, um, why don't you stand with me? Go ahead and stand with me, and and I'll give you some some directions during the next couple.